what? Hey guys, Marion Brown. I'm one of the pastors of Chapel Roswell, and I am here with Mike Thomas. And because we are six feet apart, um, I'm going to go ahead and take off my mask. But I do want you to know that part of our policy here at Chapel is we wear masks, we wear gloves, and we maintain social distancing. But again, because we're six feet apart, I'm going to go ahead and take my mask off. Um, so that I can visit with Mike. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. I'm so glad glad to be here. It's great. And one of the reasons we're here with Mike is because we are talking about small businesses today in our community. And we know that you're a part of the small business community here in Roswell. But before we jump into that, tell us, who have you been sheltering with? Uh, my family. Um, first and foremost, my wife, Christy, son, James, daughter, Sarah. Um, our in-laws are part of that too. Um, they're not, uh, we've all from the start of this, they've been close with us and um, we needed to make sure they weren't alone during this time. So we're, uh, we committed to that at the beginning. So that's been, so we've got Grammy, Poppy and the four of us. How fun is that? That's it's, a house full. Yeah. Well, not all in, yeah. all in the same house, but those are our quarantine partners. Those are the ones that we, committed you know when we need the break and we need to go over to grammys it's quite helpful good yeah and are you finding that you're cooking a lot of fun foods or oh, i love it yeah i've been cooking so much um but i've always loved to cook it's been one of my favorite things so it's a chance to kind of go back to that i you know as i moved up in my career i haven't had a chance to cook as much so now really enjoy enjoying that nice what's yeah. your favorite dish you're cooking right now I love to grill, nice. love to grill, uh, smoke, but uh, we just did some grilled tri-tips um, that I used to do years ago and I haven't done it for a while and we just did it and it was delicious. It like brought back old times, it's so good. Nice. So the grill, anything on the grill. Anything on the grill, great. Yeah. So we're all gonna come to your house. Sign me up, yeah. From grilled corn, grilled, yeah, anything. Grilled corn, nice. That's good. And is there a food that you can't wait to have and dine in restaurant? Like when everything lifts and you can go anywhere you want to go and have a seat at a table, where are you going to go? That is a good question. Um, I thought about it like each day I think of, oh, you know, it'd be great to go here. I'd love to go there, go there. But where's the first place? That's a good one. Um, it would probably be a local brewery that has food that can provide the whole atmosphere I want in one, which is some music, some good local beer, some great food, probably a place like From the Earth Brewing. Um, Tim up there is great, I love him to death. That'll probably be my first spot. I love that you're looking for the whole thing. Oh yeah, well, if, I mean, the music, you're gonna the pick one. the whole thing, bring it together as a community. If you have yeah. to pick one, like that's tough. What would you pick, so yeah, best of all worlds. And another place I'm thinking about you're going to run to, I know, is going to be Chapel Roswell. As soon as we open the doors and we all worship together. How long have you been a part of the Chapel Roswell community? Uh, we moved here to Roswell in 2015. Uh, the summer of 2015. Uh, it took us probably about six months to find you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, it was still a first, um, I believe it was the first year that Chapel had establish itself here through RUMC and um, we found you guys actually through Facebook I think uh, just a post that was up there and invited us to go and um, my wife and I's church originally when we moved from Reno um, was a lot like this church and so when we came back here we really wanted to find one that was 
similar in size, yeah. denominations, similar obviously in beliefs and everything else, um, but just the whole overall atmosphere of what chapel brings matched well with that. So uh, we started to come, I want to say it's probably the very beginning of 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and then we became members that year, I think. Um, had both of our kids baptized here uh, nice. a couple of years ago. And um, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a while since we've been able to come in here, so it's nice. Good. Very much looking forward to that. Nice. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your small business. Yeah. Um, I do quite things. First of all, I'm a restaurant guy. That's what I've been doing. I started off, um, funny story, I was 14, 15 years old, and I came home from school. My dad called me, and he said, what, what are you doing now? And I said, I'm going to go ride my bike to a friend's house or something. And he said, no, I need you to go over to Rick's. He owns a uh, restaurant in town there. This was back in Nevada. Um, he lived across the street and his busboy quit on him. He didn't have anyone. So he called my dad and said, Hey, can Mike come and work? And so my dad called and said, Hey, he needs you there. Go down. You know, I hopped on my bike and I go, um, literally 25, 30 years later now, that's just wow. what I do. It wasn't the oh. plan. Um, I've loved to cook. I loved food and I got to the atmosphere of a restaurant and it fits for some, it doesn't fit for all. And it fit for me. Like I really enjoyed the, the, energy the ability to serve and help others and to mm. and what i love to do is cook and create meals and food so to create a meal and then have them eat it and enjoy it that's like one of the rewards for me so i'm a restaurant guy i've worked all the way you know all the way from busboy all the way up to a district manager for a large chain you know wore a suit every day and um so i was able to learn all those aspects and then yeah. i turned 40 and we, my wife and I had always had the plans to go venture out on our own, do our own thing, be entrepreneurs and, and, and get out there and do that. I'd worked a lot in pizza. I love pizza. Pizza's good food cost. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to really get into it. People love it. Um, they eat it all the time. So we opened up uh, Wild Slice Pizzeria here in Roswell, uh, December 2017. Okay. Um, and all of had great success in restaurants before when we did it on our own and we had to wear all the hats and do all that stuff and um it, it was a task it was a chore it was a lot of work it was um and we had some successes and we grew and we were very proud of what we did but it was overwhelming it was a lot more than what we expected um but we you know we reached out to god and church and friends and everyone we could just help for guidance and support and we had and we started to grow and we were growing great our brand was growing our sales were growing we were doing really good uh the location that we were in at the time we started to realize we were hitting a ceiling we weren't really gonna get much more than what we thought so we started to look at the idea okay we've got this brand it's doing well it's gonna do well is it right for right here or can we kind of take it to the next step going to another spot and so we did, and so we started to talk to the landlord and the property manager and talk about what we had to do to, to make sure that Wild Slice can keep its growth going. And uh, in a weird, unexpected conversation, the, um, the landlord offered us to get out of the lease, just to step away. And that's really unheard of when it comes to, yeah. to businesses. And it kind of felt like, well, that's strange but okay, now we need to look at this. Is this our chance to go on to the next thing, the next phase of what this is? And um, 
long story short, the uh, so we took it, we prayed on it, we we decided to go with it, and we were, you know, the plans were to close up at the end of February and uh, look into that next spot and start negotiations on that and edit this out, wipe my brow. Um, no, it, it can be hot, the lights. Yeah, I want to know. And then, um, so once we, once we decided to go out there and do that, 48 hours after we gave back our keys to the landlord and we did the final walkthrough, um, schools closed down for the pandemic. Um, and the timing was really surreal. Like when we started the negotiations, like it was on the radar, but it wasn't here yet. Right. Schools weren't gonna cancel, yeah. things weren't gonna be affected the restaurants weren't going to be affected like they were. Um, but something happened, that transition, that it was time for us to close Wild Slice up. And we did. And we, you know, it was hard. It was very hard to do. And we did. And then uh, once they closed schools, my wife, who's a kindergarten teacher at a Title I school here in town, um, she was going into school for that last day to start the digital lear mm -hmm. learning kind of setup for digital learning. And... Uh, when she went in, she was concerned because you know three, four hundred of her kids reply on the school meal or the school for the meals, and uh, so she went to school that day and concerned about how these kids were going to get fed. So me with my restaurant mind and her yeah. with her school mind, we kind of talked about what would we do and the great chance for people to support the restaurants is to buy gift cards. So we yeah. said, okay, well if the, we could convince them to buy gift cards. And then we could take those funds and provide meals for the kids. We just need to find some volunteers who could help us pick up the meals and take them to the drops. And it kind of spurred us as an idea just to see if it could work to help feed a few. Um, and in the long run, in about two days after that, March, I think, 13th, we created um, the school meal program. And to date now, we have 17 restaurants who got on board. Um, we've generated about 50,000 in revenue for them, and we've produced about 10,000 meals for the kids. So that's unbelievable. So let's say yeah. that again. Tell me how many restaurants, how much revenue, and how many people have been fed. Say that, say that again. Of course, we grew to 17 total restaurants and caterers. Um, in the eight weeks, we generated 50,000, probably a little bit more, but that's a nice round, 50,000 in revenue for the restaurants who really need it right now because yeah. they're they're struggling. And then um, what we did is we just funneled that into meals where the restaurants would prepare the meals and we'd go take them to drops. And so far it's been 10,000 meals. And tell us about the businesses and the restaurants and the caterers that have been a part of that feeding program. Are they here locally? Yeah, so they're all local. It started with um, our connections at Esther Jackson. Yeah because we knew about the kids there and what the needs were. Through Wild Slice, I had worked with other local schools and PTAs. So I knew um, Vickery Mill, Henry Springs, those were a few, um, Mimosa Elementary were a few who, who were in more of a need. So we used those connections that we had through Wild Slice to get to find the need and to set up the distribution side of it. And then we just, you know, I just went to my connections in the restaurants in town and said, here's this idea. I think it could, I think it could help you. It could also do this too. Do you want to try it? And we tried it and uh, the support's been unreal. So the restaurant guy mm -hmm. that started off as a bus boy, yeah. who loves to create meals, somehow you found your place in creating <laughs> over 10,000 meals to these kids. 
in a span of eight weeks. That's incredible. It's really mind blowing. Yeah. Um, but it only like it only occurred because the support of everyone, um, I haven't had to try too hard to find the support in a very, in a way that I say that um, the spirit for the community and everyone now trying to do everything they can to help. Um, We're just, it's the success that we've had is because of that, for sure. There is certainly a community feel in Roswell. Mm -hmm. You know, you walk around and you talk to people and you can feel it. It is... um, it's like a small town kind of there's this family feel and we want to take care of people and each other and so can you talk a little bit more about um, just the ways that God is showing you this community in new ways like where are you seeing God in all of this or are you having those spirit moments where things are just coming together actually yeah um, I was telling a friend not too long ago that this actually this time in my life right now is the biggest experience that I've had with God. Actually speak to me, touch me, give me direction, tell me this is what I need you to do right now. Um, I haven't experienced it as much as I have right now with this. And as I look back, I'm very much in faith and belief that there's, you you, you know, this way back here, we need to get this done way back here because it's gonna lead to where you need to be at this time. And as I look back to where, when we started Wild Slice and why we did, Started to serve and bring value to the community that we're in and to meet the connections that I've made and do all that kind of stuff it's led me to this point so um, very much uh, the Spirit of God has guided me to say this is the work that we need you to do and it's been very um, humbling for sure but honored to do it as well I'm thankful that you listened to that mm-hmm. and you felt that tug mm-hmm. and you paid attention to it and you acted it, on it. It was hard too because that tug came from him directing me to close Wild Slice and we had we we invested you you know everything our our whole family our livelihood um, to do it. We we lived off my wife's teacher salary for mm-hmm. two and a half years. I didn't take a salary because we had you know we had to get all this to work and so for two and a half years we made sacrifices and commitments to to because we believed in it and we felt like that's what we had to do and that's what we should do and even though times were tough financially through that there were so many signs that said just keep on going keep doing it and to where it led to now where i really feel a calling at this point and i've said this a few times i didn't close wild slice to start a nonprofit idea um, that I've never been in that realm before. I've never, that wasn't my goal. Um, it's just the way things work. And like you said, if you pay attention and listen and, and, and hear what you're being told, then uh, it's amazing what comes your way. Is there a particular scripture that you think about during this time or one that has? Uh, yeah, I've actually thought about that. Um, as we started to talk about doing this and and at the time I knew what I was feeling and I knew the guidance I was getting but I wasn't sure what that was and for me it was confidence what was really I felt like what I leaned to in time of crisis and you, you know we all have our strengths you know I try to be my best to be self-aware of what my strengths are and which my areas that I could be better in right and kind of lean into those strengths and um and for me, when confidence means, well, when I'm con- con- confident, I'm in control. It means I know 
what environment I'm in, and I know how you know we could predict and expect, and and I don't think we've ever felt as out of control of our own <laughs> as we do now. Yeah. Um, so the first thing to me that helped me get through this was I wanted to stay confident and to trust that confidence will lead me to what we should be doing confidence and faith in god and all that stuff so um specifically as i looked more into it um hebrews 4 16. edit this out but i don't want to quote this wrong okay um uh hebrews 4 16 let us then with with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Oh, it's beautiful. So for me, what that was, it is just, if you just listen and trust, the confidence will come to you and you will have the guidance that you need um, during that time. And, uh, and for me, it started with confidence and that has led me to the direction that we've been able to take things so far. So you brought your restaurant community with you from one part of the United States mm -hmm. into this part of the mm -hmm. United States, only to continue your work, listening with confidence to feed over 10,000 people. Yeah. I hope you're able to see what you've done and the amazing work that God's doing through you. Thank you. It's an um, incredible feeding ministry. Thank you. Uh, I'm overwhelmed by it. I gotta be, be honest, I'm not one that likes to talk about myself a lot or talk about, um, I mean, I enjoy success and things that I do it, you, you know, if there's anything that I wanna, if I'm gonna put effort into it, you know, the way I was raised is you're gonna do it the best you can. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, do it right. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. is what I heard, you know, I still hear my dad telling me that. If you're gonna do it, do it right. So anything that I wanna do, I wanna, be successful at it. I want it to go right. So when we started the, you know, yes, I didn't want to generate a bunch of revenue for the restaurants and I did want to feed the kids. Um, I think a lot of attention has been pointed our way, which I'm grateful for um, because it's helped us spread the awareness of the program itself. And the more we spread the awareness, the more support we get. So I'm grateful for it, but it is kind of embarrassing in a way because it's not really my style and I prefer to deflect the um, to one, the re you know the restaurants who have had to change their business models and convert, mm -hmm. unfortunately, lay off staff, yeah. find sources of revenue, everything that they have to do, and they're so they're such an important part of our community, and um, they're our neighborhoods. It's what it is. They help define the neighborhoods that we that we 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 live in every day, and to think that it might not be the same when we come out of this is really unfortunate, but. Mm -hmm. um, just they the the support from the restaurants and the support from the volunteers um, are the ones who actually take the time to pick up the food and get them over to the drop zones and then take the time to actually make sure that the families get fed. Um, credit goes to them for sure. So I'd love to deflect as much as I can to them. We have a great crew um, who's done a wonderful job and and have been there for us every step of the way. What's the name of the nonprofit? Well, it's not really official yet, but we call it the school meal program. Okay. Um, that was just basically the working title that we, you know, we needed to call it something. Okay. So um, we started a Facebook group page called the school meal program on Facebook and it's public group page. It's just there 
to follow along. We take pictures of the of the restaurants we share for them. We try to generate, you know, if they put out a Mother's Day menu, we'll share we that, that with all sure. with our group. We'll help to do that. It's a great way to kind of follow along. Um, we've been blessed with some great articles in the paper and stuff like that to help share. So we share all that there. It's a good hub to do it. Um, but because we started it, uh, March 13th was the first real official, um, we haven't established anything yet, but it has gotten to the point where um, we feel like we owe it ourselves because of the momentum we've had and the mm -hmm. success we've that we've ha had to look into what that would take and the support that we've got from the community out there um, as far as support to help make that happen, um, I think is just more of God's work saying here, I need an attorney to find a way to start an official nonprofit. I, you, you, you know, yeah. we don't have funds to do that. And all of a sudden I get a menu or an email from someone in town that says, I would like to offer my services pro bono. Um, I think your cause is great. Please let me know if I can help. Again, just another way of God saying, please just keep doing this work. Yeah. Um, so the name might change, I guess, but what we have it right now is just school meal program. Well, one of the things I want to know about is what's the next steps? Where are you going? And it sounds like you're just going to keep listening and keep following as it comes. Yeah, we um, originally when we started the idea, um, it was it was a temporary program. I mean, we didn't know what we were going to look like. The idea came quick. We weren't 100% sure. Yeah. Um, we just had to get some gift cards sold and we had to get some meals into the kids. So um, when and we started, yeah. So when we started it, the structure of it wasn't really designed to sustain. So, and our original goal was to get through May twenty second, which was the last day of school. Mm -hmm. That was the last day scheduled in school. So um, our goal, one, you know, when school first got out, here's one week, two weeks out of school. Great, we need to find food for two weeks. And then it turned into a month, and then it turned into the rest of the year. So when and we got, it grows and it grows and it grows. Yeah, exactly. So when we got to the point, we said, okay, we have to get to the end of the year, May twenty second. We have to get there, and we're we're there now. I mean, and it's next week. We did it. So now, the whole plan, the whole idea was just to get to that point. We were going to be done, and we we're going to just kind of go on with our lives. Um, and do you know help serve however else we can serve and whatever we're called to do and um, but the restaurants first and foremost were saying we can't stop this is great for us we're doing a lot of good how can we keep it going um, the families of course are greatly benefiting from it the volunteers saying what what do we need to do to keep keep it going going so what we had to do is we kind of had to take a second, restructure the setup so it's more sustainable, have a partnership with our restaurants that would be able to reinvest into the in, into the program so we could then continue the, you know, the marketing to keep it, you, you, you know, you have to kind of keep it going. So we had to do a little bit of restructuring. Um, we actually, uh, we're gonna cut down to Roswell local only restaurants because our program now when it started we have some that are in Marietta, Alpharetta and stuff like that so we're going to condense it down to that specifically for our schools um, and just kind of prove the concept that this new structure will work mm -hmm. we hope to do that through summer during that time um, we want to put together a board because we know the first steps we have to put together a board and we have to vote create a mission and the biggest thing I've had um, a good friend in town uh, she's become a, a mentor Holly York yeah. over at North Fulton yeah, Community Cherries 
Um, she's been able to let me kind of pick her brain and she's given me some wonderful advice through this. Yeah. Um, again, not this wasn't my goal in life to start, so I hadn't, you, you, you know, I like to serve, but she gets the other side, she's right? She's great nonprofit work. <sighs> she's amazing. So, um, she, you know, the best piece of advice she gave me is n know what your mission is yeah. and stay in that lane. And does that mission still apply after COVID? After the pandemic, after all that, is the need still there? Find out what your mission is and is the need still there to go on? So that's where we're at. Um, and it's great advice. We feel like there is. Um, I serve on the Student Governance Council also at Esther Jackson Elementary School. Um, and what we do, one of the things that we talk every year is the concerns when students go on breaks from summer break and winter break and spring break um, is the kids who rely on the school. You, you know, a Title I school serves breakfast every day to everyone and then and then the ones on the program get lunch as well. And uh, every year we talk about what could we do to find food for these kids. And there's no obvious program that does that. It's kind of, you know, you lean into North Fulton Community Charities or Blessings in a Backpack. Yeah. That's not quite their lane but they offer some sort of right. support during that time. So mm -hmm. we're gonna entertain that idea and see if, see if there is a purpose for us. You know, hearing your story, it makes me think of Acts. So I'm gonna read you mm -hmm. a portion of Acts because we talk about people in the community coming together and giving what they can to feed people. And um, that's actually scriptural. Mm -hmm. It's Acts 2, verses 43 through 47. All came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed uh, were together, and they had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate the food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So to me, this program that you have is very scriptural because restaurants and businesses are coming together in our community and selling all things and being a part of feeding others. Um, the breaking of the bread right here with glad and generous hearts is what um, you're allowing multiple people in our community to do who wouldn't be able to do it. So we thank you for that. Thank you for that. I, I don't know if you could tell, but that gave me goosebumps just, um, Connecting. You're holding all things in common, um, which those are the acts of the first disciples. And so I am thankful that we can do that with you. Thank you. I want to make sure you know about our church um, summer program as well. We normally are a part of MUST uh, summer lunch mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. We're the North Fulton hub mm -hmm. and we give out tons of these back lunches. And now because of COVID-19, we're having to change our model a little bit. Yeah. And so the exciting part is we start June 1st. Uh -huh. um, our church in community with our Fulton County schools and our um, partners, our MUST ministry partners still with us in this. We reached out to our three elementary schools, Esther Jackson that you talked to, yeah. Mimosa and Vickery Mill. Wonderful. And once a week, those families can come Monday night and just have groceries. 
And so this is another way that yeah. um, Chapel Roswell, you can respond to this need. Chapel Roswell, you can help us donate food <laughs> to these families. And so Absolutely. the ministry and the nonprofit that you are starting and that you've been a part of will continue to grow and be supplemented by other programs, such as the one that we can do. So it's amazing. Um, it, it really is. And so there are lots of ways to be a part of our summer grocery program, what we're calling it. You can donate specific food items that will go in the bag. Um, and you can also sponsor um, monetarily. You can make a donation to go toward the food. And we're thinking it's going to be about $40 per week for family. Um, and we, that's not a lot of money when you think about handing somebody groceries. Yeah, that goes a long way. It really Absolutely. It will go on amazing. Mm -hmm. oh, amazing. That's great. Work. So it's, um, it's a way for us yes. to all be together. I uh, thank you very much for what you're doing. Thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the chance to share this, share the story of the, yeah. and the awareness of the, of the program itself. Thank you. Is there anything else that you need to say? It's being recorded on camera. What do you need to tell the world? Um, no, I guess the only thing, if we could, uh, schoolmealprogram.org is a place where if you want to see um, what restaurants are on, the program itself, who is feeding our kids. Yeah. Um, we talk about the schedule. There's great pictures and stuff where you could see the volunteers and the families who were helping out there. So, I'm thankful that the restaurants are open and that people are being a part of um, feeding because there are a lot of restaurants that have maintained food service mm -hmm. through COVID-19. And a lot are going to look different. Um, yeah. A lot, you know, I've switched to curbside takeout, delivery, things like that. There will be some that come back that probably won't go to dine-in again. They'll wow. stick to it, to it, at least for any time of change. The majority, I think, will go to dine-in, but it will look a lot different. It won't, sure. it won't at all be the same, at least for quite some time. Um, but the whole restaurant industry itself is going to look a little bit different. And, I'm excited to see what that's going to look like because I know at the end of the day we still are going to need that as part of our lives. We're going to still need that break, that you know, the group of friends and that place to get together and celebrate anything, birthdays, anniversaries. Um, that's still going to be a part of our lives, so it's not going to go away. It's just going to look a little different. Well, I think that gathering around a table is always important, kind Absolutely. of like what you said at the beginning. Yeah, you can't wait to just have that whole experience back together at the table Absolutely. with everything. And so I look forward to that time that we Thanks. can do that. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you.